0: Hello, and welcome to East Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And we're talking about Dear Zachary, A Letter to a Son About His Father, which is a documentary by uh, Kurt Kuhn. And it's about his friend, Andrew Bagby. And that is as much as you can say without spoiling it. Let's spoil it. Yeah, let's spoil it from, from, yeah, from the start. So... <laughs> this is a documentary it's essentially true crime but it's a personal story Mm. Andrew Bagby was killed in 2001 by his ex-girlfriend who he'd recently broken up with who was some 10-15 years his senior who'd driven something like 1600 miles yeah 16 hours yeah that's right 16 hours from the east coast of Canada to Iowa I think Mm. to kill him Um, and she it's then revealed that she was pregnant with his son, who's called Zachary. So this film is, as the title says, it's, it's for Zachary when he grows up to learn about his dad, who he was, because he's never going to meet him. It's interviews with friends and family, particularly Andrew's parents. And it is full of shocks and twists, the biggest one of which is that Zachary was also killed as yeah. a baby when he was a couple of years old by his mother, and it was a murder suicide Yeah. And ultimately, this story, which in Canada, I guess, was a massive, massive story. I hadn't heard it before. I hadn't heard of it. Led to changes and reforms in Canada's uh, child protection system, bail system, because this was all about someone who should have been in prison, was let out, a child was let into her care, mm. and obviously it all went incredibly sour. I had heard of this once or twice. It was one of these, you know, you knew it was homemade, and people talked about the editing. And the reason that it came up for me recently was because I was watching uh, an interview with Louis Theroux, a promotional interview, but he was promoting his book. And the publisher's a part of this interview where it was his top five documentaries, or five documentaries he'd recommend. And there was Exit Through the Gift Shop, The Thin Blue Line, this one, The Act of Killing and The Jinx. Mm. And he didn't say much, right? We just watched the 30 seconds where he talks about it, and he says about as much as I did. It's, it's incredibly moving, but you don't want to give it away. Um... I was really moved. Pretty stunned by its construction. Yes.
1: Uh, I was I was very moved as well. Uh, you know, I was kind of teary-eyed, though I had... Um, I, I had a, a complex response where mm. on the one hand you're feeling something, but on the other hand you're thinking something else. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. you know, more critical. So, um... You know, the whole first part is about how wonderful Zachary's father is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you see, you know, because it's a very middle-class family that we're talking about. So they were making movies since they were children. And, you know, he'd grown up, like, you know, in the, in the same town with all these friends. So there's almost, like, footage of him at every stage of his life. Yeah, and there's footage of him you know, both in America and in England with the, the English family. Because his mother's English. Yeah, and um, he's obviously like a really charismatic kind of, you know, regular guy. I don't know what else, mm-hmm. how else to describe it. So, you know, kind of... I mean, part of my response to that was a kind of... You know, I think me as a gay man looking at that, on the one hand... <laughs> you you find the attractions, the appeal, yeah. It is. I mean, he does it does seem like a wonderful family, and a, you know, mm-hmm. and a wonderful milieu. And then you also have like kind of this resentment, yeah. That you <laughs> you, you, I, you I, resent I, the
0: normality. Or? It's
1: kind of like an envy, yeah. That you know, you can only have that kind of life if you are a regular guy, yeah. If you fit in with everybody, mm-hmm. right? He's everybody's best friend. He's got kind of. You know, lots of social ease. He's never been an outsider, yeah. Though he has his own insecurities, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so, so I, I'm kind of I'm looking at that, and it's almost like uh, idyllic, yeah. It's an idyllic upbringing that you're being shown, which to me is not totally believable, no. yeah. Like, the, you know. I mean, I just think people aren't like that, right like <laughs> and, and actually, one of the characters says, no, people really you know you're expected to say this when people die, but really he was like that, you know, and i 'm thinking, well, there has to be like a darker side, everybody has one, right like you know, they do say that there were maybe things that he did in secret that they don 't know about, but but really kind of that 's almost like a throwaway, really what you 're getting constantly is just you know how wonderful wonderful father son relationship, wonderful family relationship. Wonderful family in England, you know, he was everybody's best friend and you know, he was the the person everybody wanted as a as a best man. You know. And it's not
0: it's not a profile as much as a love letter. It's, it's about a love how much letter, you yeah,
1: love absolutely. This guy. Yeah. Yeah, and so everybody loves this guy.
0: But uh, I agree with you, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I agree with you about the thing, the throwaway thing about or oh, there must be a darker side and the film slightly alludes to that, but I felt actually it was more than a throwaway thing, it was actually a kind of a cheat. Because at one point, Kurt, the director who narrates it, says he discovers after Andrew's death that he was interested in photography. and He took photos. Now, I'd never known this. Mm. What other things didn't I know? And that is a particular line, I think, that stays with you. And you think, oh, this is the direction it's going to go. And you're going to discover this guy's secret life. And you don't. Mm. Okay, that actually, the two things you get are he was he took photos, which I didn't know, and he had this relationship with this much older woman that people didn't know. and And there's a question of... What was this about? What was their appeal to each other? But it doesn't this? investigate that, and it can't really, I suppose. Um, but the fact that it alludes to it as though it is going to, and then doesn't develop that, mm-hmm. I didn't like. Yeah,
1: the film is full of cheats.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, throughout, uh, I would say an hour and or more into the movie, you know, it's Dear Zachary, really. So, and and you're told this is a film for you, so that you would get to know your father. Right. Everything is addressed to this child that, you know, you're you're going to be told didn't live past the age of two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that is a real cheat, I think, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, and, and I think that could have been handled more honestly. Yeah, kind of. You are manipulated into thinking that this is kind mm-hmm. of a film that is done for the child. And of course, initially it was, right? Yeah, yeah the because film was of-
0: being made after Andrew's death, but before his son's death. Yeah, but
1: I think it's a cheat not to have reconceptualized that element. Actually, mm, I think uh, that's probably fair.
0: Um, even uh, though, even though the moment that it is revealed that Zachary's dead um, at, at, in this in this murder suicide is extremely dramatic, and yes. actually, it uses this. It uses what is really a cheap kind of B horror movie technique of. You know, people are talking about, oh, she's gone off with the baby, mm. what's happening, and, and they're all remembering the, the, the fear that mm. she was going to do something. And then it shows you the headline on a, you know an online newspaper that says, son dead with mother, something mm. like that. And then it turns red, and there's a scream sound effect. And you think, God, this is like a ghost train, that's so cheap. But actually, I really didn't mind that. I, well, I know, I, I know I should.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind it either, though... Like you, uh, I felt, well, I felt, dif- yeah, I, I, I felt it's like a melodrama, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, the whole narrative structure and everything is like a melodrama, and it cheats like mel- like cheap melodrama does, yeah. Mm. Uh, um, you know, and on the other hand, like, I did feel, um, I do feel a bit exploited, yeah, that there are all kinds of facets to the story that a better filmmaker could have contextualised, uh, taught you about, uh, and still make you feel the same way, right? Because, mm. I mean, I suppose what, you know, on the one hand, what I value is, I, I was on the verge of, my eyes were welled up for most of the film, but I also felt kind of cheated. Like, I, I felt manipulated, mm. you know? And and that ruins the effects of the film for me.
0: I think it's very easy to feel that way. And I think, it, it, you're right, it's like, it is these two competing... Things of feeling the effects quite deeply, it has real effects on your emotional state, and also understanding exactly how it's withheld information in the right way to be able to. You know, basically, it treats a story like a thriller. I think in some yes. respects, you know, it reveals information at certain points that, that change things. So you are left with this kind of irreconcilable thing of I don't like how it did it, but I don't mind the effects that it created. That's how I feel, at least.
1: Well, I did. I do mind. I don't see, for example, why the film couldn't have been uh, structured as to its real subject matter, which is the parents.
0: Yeah, it ends up saying this letter is for
1: the parents. Exactly, and it should have been from the beginning, you know, because I think there is a real story there. I mean, about grief and loss, you know, and a very loving family who finds their their son murdered, right, Uh, and who then have to make nice with the murderer in order to be able to have access to their grandchild, right? I Mm. mean, that is a very potent story. You don't need to cheat it, Mm. right? And I think it is cheated. And I would have liked, you know, I I would have liked for the the film to have been about, yeah, kind of the parents, really. It is about the parents. But you have Mm. about a whole hour just about how wonderful the son was. Yeah. But I think you could have signaled the loss of that child to the parents and the brutality of that loss mm-hmm. without all of that stuff and I so I do I do feel I do feel it, it cheats it and I also felt so you know just like I was saying that I felt this kind of you know um yeah this is a beautiful life a beautiful family whatever and yet you know of, it's not accessible to me so you feel this resentment yeah and actually that that isn't explored yeah And and also i don't think it's kind of realistic because i think nobody's life is that perfect and that nice and you know and then i felt a little bit like um you know when they go up to canada and it's almost as if like you know the canadian justice system is the enemy <laughs> right and the canada is being placed as the bad object Right, like, you know, you, you basically get this feeling, you know, what is this place that allows, you know, kind of, mm. you know, this to happen without exploring it in greater depth. First of all, it's not your justice system. It is, you are in a different country, mm-hmm. right? Something that is not kind of made um, evident until later on. Yeah, they go up to Newfoundland as if Newfoundland is like a province or, or a, you know, another kind of American state. It's a different country with different laws and different norms, you know, mm. I think that's not signalled kind of properly.
0: Well, not enough is made of it. They don't no. make it, They don't tell and you that it, it's not a point in that. So yeah, yeah. I they mean, may as well have moved to Maine. For, yeah,
1: exactly. You yeah. know, I mean, imagine kind of you know a, a, an equivalent of a British film being made, and you go off to Germany to fight this case, and not nothing is made of the fact that Germany has a different mm. social system. Yeah. You know, so.
0: is, is that partially a personal response as a Canadian of feeling like you're assumed to be just America's? Yeah, brother. Uh, yeah,
1: America's <laughs> outhouse or something. Um, so, yes, that is obviously I'm positioned that way. It, mm. it is kind of, a, you know, a Canadian perspective on it. But also a further exploration, you know, that you are speaking from a country that, you know, uh, uh, unjustly jails black people as slave labor. And then you're going to Canada and kind of, you know, complaining about something like this, which possibly... Comes out of the best possible reasons, yeah. Which is, you know, kind of. I'm sure that in Canada, you know, there might have been things about kind of, you know, women and their children and abused husbands, or yeah, kind of. Yeah. There, there might be a reason why they're more flexible and kind of lenient and liberal in relation to kind of issues like this. There might have been antecedents of all kinds, right? Mm-hmm. I.e., kind of, you know, the murderers could have conned her way into taking advantage of what well, she did, of that liberality, right? But but, no attempt to understand why there might be those particular histories either, yeah, why yeah you know, why kind of that liberality might be a gender based one that benefits women, mm. you know,
0: you know. Well, this is where it struck me that the, when I say it's a personal film it is it's it's a personal perspective, it's about this thing that has affected this family and friends and and the filmmaker is one of them, and you know it's interesting that that towards the end, all these people have been interviewed, and one of them sort of says with a cheeky smile, who's interviewing you, Kurt? Mm. And you get, well, the film is the interview, right? The fact that I've made this film, it, that is his voice, right? Mm. Th- speaking throughout the whole thing. And part of that voice is in, I suppose you could say as taking it personally, right? Like this story is about me and my friend and, mm. and that's why I only care about this. And, that, and you feel like, I think, um, that lack of context and that kind of myopia or, or tunnel vision about it's just about this and this... This set of laws that led to this happening and allowed this to happen, like that's kind of why there's no context. You know, I'm not saying it's justifiable or good that there's no context, but I feel like the fact that there's no context marries with the the kind of the the rage and the passion that you feel behind the person who's making the film and yes. why it's been
1: made. Actually, the, the rage and the passion—the thing that I found most moving, mm. you know—was. Um, well, what I, I mean, I, I think the parents are amazing and I found them so moving, right? And so stoic and methodical and really desperate to do the right thing and to look after the, their, their their grandchild. And, mm. you know, um, there are moments that, I, that just moved me so much that you really feel the love and gestures. You know, mm. there was a moment where I, I think the son was graduating or something and you know, goes to hug the father and the father gives him like an extra heart squeeze. <laughs> yeah, it's when he becomes an Eagle Scout. An Eagle Scout, yeah. I thought that was so moving. Like, you really feel that that's love, really. Mm. Well, the moms as well, but, you know, <laughs> there were just that moment, right? And there's a, there's the moment near the end where he just rages about that bitch. He just loses control completely, yeah. right? And that was so moving, right? Like, mm-hmm. but I think for me, so, so, as a gay man, so much of the film spoke to my exclusion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just for example, you know, they all live in like some little town in Iowa or some little town in Pennsylvania, Newfoundland. The whole province has like 500,000 people. You know, those are places with no s- space for someone like me. Those are, s- those are spaces that people like me had to flee to just survive, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and the people is made of what look like very nice people, right? You know, so I don't want to kind of... You know, but they're all churchgoers and kind of mm. like it. Really, those are kind of people who I would often feel I have to protect myself. They might
0: kill me, <laughs> like you know. Mm. So, so that's kind of so the feed the the film is kind of evoking a feeling of security and safeness and all of that that you don't associate with it. really.
1: Yeah, that that makes me unsafe. Yeah, you know that there's no place for me. That, you know, I get kicked out of places like that, mm. right? You know, so, so now, kind of, what does that mean that you, you know, I'm not saying you can't make about films about people like that, right? You know, but there is something about the love, the networks, the church, the extended families, the rural spaces, yeah, kind of, some exclude me and some actively persecute me, you know, so there's that sense of distance. Then there's the thing with um, you know the yeah the, the Canadian, uh, the thing. way Canada is yeah
0: not really addressed properly.
1: Yes. Um, then there was the issue that the film has no analysis beyond the personal, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and even in the personal there are areas you know that are just untouched, right, but that are clued in. Yeah, Zachary seems to me to be. You know, so they call him Cheeky, yeah? He's somebody who clearly drinks, who smokes, yeah? Who Andrew, sorry, you mean? Andrew. Zachary.
0: Zachary's the baby.
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, the father, yeah? yeah? Yeah, he's somebody who partied, right? Yeah, so I think kind of, you know, had it been a, div- a more honest exploration, you know, it would also have brought in those things. that are part of life, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so I didn't uh, like that element. Uh, formally I didn't like that the film doesn't know when to end you know I did find like when is this going to end <laughs> really like yeah I kind of I thought the whole last bit fi- you know when I asked you what time
0: yeah there was 15 minutes to go at that
1: point. yeah because I, I didn't see where the film was going you know
0: no um, uh, I wonder whether because I think part of the, the the strategy is to have you not see where it's going because that makes the shocks more shocking you know but it's cheap Yes, I mean, I agree with that too. And actually, I, I'm kind of wondering, as a film that is made with love for Andrew, for his son, for the parents, for everyone, mm. apart from uh, the murderer, is it honest to them? The fact that, as you say, it starts with Dear Zachary, and it's to the son, it's only a long way into the film, but we find out that the son is not even alive and then it changes tack and eventually says, no, the letter is for the parents. Does that feel honest ...to Andrew... ...and to Zachary... ...because the, the film that is happening... ...up until you discover that... ...Zachary has been murdered... ...is is an overall lie... ...exactly... ...you know... Um, wow. ...well I think the film...
1: Is, ...is a lie... ...and I think... ...even though, like I said... ...I really was on the verge of tears throughout... Uh, ...but I think... ...it's a lie... And it's unethical you know because you need to know her story what's her name the mother Shirley Turner you need to know Shirley's story Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right Uh, first of all you know she killed him right so she can't just be the cardboard melodramatic villainous manipulative vixen that's how this film depicts her Mm -hmm. right and I think you know, it's not only dishonest, I mean, it just cannot be true. You know, people are not, like, entirely like that, right? But also, if you're really concerned about the son, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, then you need to know what the mother is, right? And and moreover, the mother also left three other children. Mm-hmm. So this is something that's going to be seen by them, you know, kind of, we need to know more of this woman's story. You know, what were her hopes, her aspirations, her betrayals, like... You know, she can't just be like the devil, like the film says. You know? Yeah,
0: and the, the parents say, and the, the film essentially agrees with that. Because what you're saying about the way that Andrew's life is, and Andrew's life with his parents and Kurt's life with Andrew is set up as this perfect, wonderful, he's everyone's friend, blah blah blah, is there to be disrupted by Shirley? Mm. You know, like that is the only I, the reason I think it's missing anything else that would be a disruptive um, influence might partially be because they weren't really there. Mm. I give it that, you know, I give it enough credit to sort of say, I can believe this really. But it's also because it amplifies the disruptive influence, disruptive is putting very lightly, Mm. (laughs) of Shirley. Mm. She's introduced as this other thing, you know, Mm. because he's had a fiancé before that, Andrew, and she's been interviewed in the documentary. She seems nice. You're not really told why they broke up, I don't think. Mm. Um actually you're not talk I mean, yeah, no no, which you should really yeah you should um it is just Shirley who is this 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 wild card this chaotic mm. influence, and you don't have any understanding of what drives or anything like that. The most you get is when the film is um I think it's around the point where she's killed Zachary and killed herself that the film brings back all of this uh this court judgment. About why she was able, to, why she could be let out on bail, mm. and this, this this line about I'm not going to remember it exactly, but the line is something like, "There's no psychological reason," or something like that. There's no psychological reason that she would be a threat because the the crime was specific, and then it compares that. It brings in this stuff about how she's got eight people uh, who've got restraining orders against her, and she's suspected of murder before, which I think is like when it's said in that kind of montage moment. I think that's the first. I think that was the first time that had been said yeah so the film is happy to tell it's like an it's like an outpouring of rage every time she is mentioned basically mm. from the film and in an outpouring of rage like it, it essentially it's like the reason that you have a justice system is because outpourings of rage are not logical and they're not good for justice but the film the film is happy to be vengeful to her, exactly essentially. And that's also... That means treating her without any sense of... Humanity. Right, that's a much better word than I was going to say, which would be fairness, which maybe she doesn't quite deserve, but humanity.
1: Um, You know, the the film... I mean, one of the reasons why the film makes me uncomfortable is because it's like Fatal Attraction. (laughs) It is kind of like a kill the bitch film, right? Mm. It's like, hate this bitch, right? And then like, yeah. Yeah. It 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 gives you no other perspective on it than to hate her for having done these heinous things. Now, there's no argument that those things are heinous, really. But you know, you need to know her better, yeah. And mm-hmm. actually, I think the filmmakers have an obligation to paint a rounder picture of her if their claim that this film is for her children, yeah, uh, uh, is to be believed. And of course, you know, it's not for that particular child. You know, because we eventually find out that uh, she killed him too, but you know, she does have other children who will be seeing this, mm. and I, I, it, that all makes me uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I started off by saying one of the things, one of the very, very few things that I heard about this film was about the editing. Just people mm. would remark upon the editing, or if it ever came up, they'd say, "Oh, it's got it's great editing." Mm. So we should probably address yeah, yeah. that. Go on. Um, I suppose there's a couple of kinds of editing, right? And in a way, we have addressed one, which is the structure of the story. But there's also shot-to-shot editing. Mm. And I found that really captivating. Yes, that The shortness of the shots. You sometimes get them for a couple of frames, and they're coming at you thick and fast. The film uses this talking head aesthetic for a lot of it. Well, any time it's talking to a person. Mm. Um, They've been interviewed uh, with a talking head thing. And there are times when in order to amplify the emotion of whatever they're talking about, it'll play them over the top of each other and cut from them very, very quickly. So actually, what you're supposed to get out of a talking head on paper is this person's point of view and listen to the words they're saying. And what the film does is gives you a cacophony of them that yes. overwhelms you. And actually, so you, so you right at the start, you're talking about how wonderful Andrew is and how, yeah, how much fun he was. And everyone starts saying it. And so it becomes not about the individual people saying it and the individual things that they're saying. It's just them all agreeing at once. Yes. I like that very much though. No, no, I'm saying that's great. Yeah. I really I think that's really effective. And I think it works very well with the music as well, which I think was self composed mm. um by by the director, he seems to do everything. Um and you know, there's so much of the music really fits into again, I can see how you're using this, I can see the manipulation, it's we're playing happy music at the happy bit, we're playing shocking music at the shocking bit, all of that. And I did not mind it, again. Yeah. It's it's still it completely fits in with I can see what it's doing and I don't mind.
1: Well, you see, for me, the thing is, I love the editing, and and one of the things that I loved about the editing is that it was expressive. Mm. Yeah, it expressed something audiovisually about kind of what you were seeing, and it was creating those effects through the editing, giving you the point, the filmmaker's point of view, right, on all of this is coming through the editing, and I like that very much so you know i think that this is you know the work of a great editor but actually kind of you know not of a great director not of a great documentary director not someone who can you know conceive of you know of a complex kind of situation convey it to you clearly you know and and give you an honest and rounded perspective on that issue you know i think that you know the the, the, the to me the conceptualization is simple minded yeah and also you know, once the film shifted focus after the child died, mm-hmm. you know, why not just reconceptualize the film? Why continue it in the same way? Yeah, yeah I mean you absolutely path. get
0: the feeling you absolutely get the feeling that the film he started off editing it in two thousand and two mm. when he started making it and then after two thousand and three he just kept what he had and moved you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. he yeah. didn't he didn't start from scratch, you don't feel like.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So so I think um, you know, in spite of what Louis Theroux said... <laughs> I and actually, everyone
0: else. I mean, it's, a, yeah. it's really highly regarded. Okay. Yeah.
1: Point taken. I don't agree with it. Mm. Yeah. I think it's a film that certainly, you know, I was moved throughout. But as soon as you begin to think about it...
0: Yeah, it's interesting.
1: Uh, all of these issues arise, of which, you know, there's no retort to. Those problems are there. Yeah.
0: yeah. And they're actually insurmountable. They are embedded yes despite that i could recommend it to people and i think i think it i mean and it would have to come without that proviso because you don't want to spoil it for someone like the whole the 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 real thrill and, and emotional effect of the film is in discovering what you discover when you discover it and i and i could recommend it on that basis because i found it very moving and mm-hmm. it's it's a film that even though it does have these dishonesties behind it essentially the story that it's telling is fascinating the love with which it's made and and hate with which it's made, yes, um, is palpable. Yes, and I don't think I've ever seen a documentary that feels as emotionally available as this one.
1: That's true. I mean, I, I found it very moving, but I think I what I found most moving about it were in details in the captured footage. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is a film in which kind of. You know what? What is what is conveyed most clearly is is love, really. You know, which is what's so moving about it, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, the interactions between the parents, like uh, you know, mm. sometimes the way they touch or the way they look or the way they comfort. It's just so moving, right? Like, uh, kind of, you know, in a world where you're taught that like, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing is like a million to one shot or an impossibility, you are seeing it as a kind of an ordinary and quotidian relations of a loving couple you know in their sixth or seventh decade or whatever it is mm. uh you know and really a kind of a completely unselfish and complete love for their their child yeah um so i think all of that is there but for me the other problems are mm. are also kind of you know insurmountable i mean you know document if, if documentary is not about truth and ethics what is it about really yeah, and this is a film that I think fails in, in relation to both. Mm. You know, there's a kind of a more complex story that that to be told, and in not telling it, it ends up not being quite true. Yeah, and then there's an ethical dimension on that telling. Yeah, which I think, yeah, mm. is is also kind of very problematic.
0: I I do know what you mean, but I do think that is mitigated by this ultimate. ...person, personality, personal aspect of the film... ...that it's from this director who knew this family, knew this guy... ...it's it's his emotions speaking through... ...and he's constantly talking about he does ...he doesn't... I mean, ...he does present certain things as true... ...but I think if you are wise enough... ...to see that it's a person's opinion being presented as true... ...you know, that's kind of how I feel like it's... I don't
1: know... Um, ...I feel the film can distinguish and that's part of its problem... So, you know, you see the couple and, you know, that love is true and it's constant and it's accepting. Yeah. And you see it in a period of like 30 years to child and grandchild. Yeah. Mm. You know, and then at the end you have all this. Oh, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. (laughs) We love you. Yeah. And you think, fuck off. And the the film can't distinguish. I mean, I'm not saying that those people don't have goodwill towards, you know, but if you can't distinguish between, you know, Friends of your dead child 10 years later saying, you know, we love you. And the love that is expressed by those parents to that child and the grandchild. You know, then the film is worth very little. And I think actually, the, you know, the film doesn't distinguish
0: those things. No. You know. I would say, though, it's also different from most true crime. Because I'm not a huge fan of true crime. I've watched some of it. And what I tend to find with it is that it's an attempt to relitigate something that hasn't been... ...properly litigated as far as the documentary makers are concerned... ...maybe as far as popular opinion is concerned... ...you know, this story, someone got away with a crime... ...and we're going to go into it... ...that's not quite the case here... ...I mean, it is, it is a story about how a justice system... ...has failed these people according to these people...
1: Mm. Um, ...but you see, I think the other thing that I resented... ...is um, you do see how the system failed, mm-hmm. you know, these people... ...but you you also see how quickly that was redressed, right... You know, there was a national inquiry, there was a report kind of formulated, and you're told 58 laws were changed, mm. right? Imagine that happening in the US.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't really know any enough historical context, well, then, there might be some.
1: Well, <laughs> you know, we all, know, I mean, we keep hearing stories about all those people, unjo- you know, spending lifetime in jail, because, you know, kind of three times, and you do the time, like, for, you know, for for having some grass in your mm-hmm. pocket or whatever. You know, the forced labor camps, which is what all of those prisons are, you know, the the for-profit prison system, you know, that there's an incentive to jail people. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been activists trying to change those prison rules, you know, throughout with no success. So, you know, here is a clear sign of a success. Yeah, kind of this couple were able mm-hmm. to change kind of the law. And, and you see you know the report it's a huge and, right you do. and 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 the child died in 2002 the film is 2008 In right. that 3 or 4 period all of that was changed so i'm saying this as a canadian just <laughs> out of the resentment of the film kind of positioning the you know this i was
0: going to say that i was going to say uh, for what the film did to you you can get away with saying this to the but i think you're true because I, I was going to say actually this is the kind of thing that does get changed when a 2 year old dies you know, I think you do see laws change when something that heinous happens, but then it made me think about was it Sandy Hook in the US where children were killed at school, and you, and like and people were basically saying if they can't change the gun laws after five-year-olds have died, exactly. You know, so I think you've got a point.
1: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's wrap this up. So you recommend well, kind of guardedly,
0: right? And yeah, like, yeah. if you have the conversation afterwards,
1: yeah. <laughs> And and I suppose, you know, I think to be really honest, as I said, I I was on the verge of tears throughout. It's a a very affecting film, Mm. you know. And then if you agree with, you know, all of the problems that I, if you agree with me (laughs) about the problems uh, that it might have, it nonetheless kind of, you know, leads to, I think, a very interesting and necessary discussions, you know, about both the subject matter of the film... Uh, and kind of, you know, what the film uh, intervenes in. So, uh, and the whole question of, you know, documentary and what it what it does. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think there's no reasons not to recommend it.
0: Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Fair summing up.
1: Well done. Thank you. Thank you very <laughs> much for listening. We are eavesdropping at the movies, and we are on...
0: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and YouTube. On social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter. And the website is com. Yes. Oh,
1: and if you do uh, like uh, the podcast, please retweet. Uh, you know, we've been having some very nice response yeah, we are. Uh, from, from all of you. But we would appreciate getting this to, to as large an uh, uh, audience as possible. So if you do like, and only if you like, uh, but <laughs> please retweet.
0: Yeah, please share. Yeah. It's um, It would mean a lot, and it would help us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: You be the judge.